and we are Recording so thankful. In progress. We are so thankful today to have Kurt Kondrick and his daughter Chloe from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we want to remind our audience that um, the theme of all our podcasts of the Father's Heart Media is to bring the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. And we have a very unusual father to it with us today, with a very unusual daughter. And he's going to open our eyes to things that are true that we probably haven't been introduced to before in our society. And uh, so it's not only just the generality or the general concept of our podcast, but specifically this particular podcast is going to bring up an issue of what is normal and what is disabled from a kingdom perspective. And we're going to see things in a completely different way. Well, we're going to present at least ideas that are completely different, not to persuade people or try to persuade people of anything, but rather to present the truth and to see if they can capture the truth that's being spoken. So with that in mind, um, Kurt, as the father of Chloe, and uh, Kurt, tell the audience a little bit about you. Before you actually start, I might want to mention that Kurt and I and uh, Chloe met at uh, Leesburg, Virginia, a couple of weeks back at a conference by put on by Family Research Council. It was called Pray, uh, Vote, and Stand. And um, Kurt was a guest speaker with his daughter uh, on a panel. And after they got off the panel, we had a chance to chat a little bit. And we chatted a couple of times since then. So, Kurt, tell the audience about yourself and your daughter, Chloe. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on your show here. And I'm, I feel very blessed that God connected us at that event in Virginia. That I feel like that was the uh, beginning of a lot of good things that are happening in the great city of Virginia right now. Um, my name is Kurt Connors. I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And when I was as a kid growing up, I always wanted to be a police officer. So went to school, got my degree in criminology and uh, began my career in police work. And I like to tell people when I started my career in police work, I had my life all planned out. I knew exactly what I was going to do in my life. Then as a lot of people who follow hard after Jesus realized, God had another plan. So I began my policing career. I started in Atlanta, Georgia, was a police officer in the city there, worked there for several years. And I was in Florida. Then I came back to my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, became a city police officer. And as I said, I was going along exactly as I had things planned. Probably a lot of Moses had his life planned. Jonah had his life planned. A lot of people had their lives planned. And then uh, married my wife, Margie, beautiful wife, Margie. We had our first child and his name's Nolan. And then we didn't think we could have other children, but God had other plans, obviously. And Margie became pregnant when she, she was 40. And um, we had Chloe in May of 2003. And, and during the pregnancy, we were pressured a lot to have prenatal testing. We were told, we were advised by medical professionals that we were high risk. Remember, risk is not a good word mm -hmm. to have a child with Down syndrome. But we did not, we were Christians and we did not have mm -hmm. the prenatal testing. But I can remember asking the medical professionals, well, let's say we have this testing and what, what do we what do we do with the testing? And they're like, well, you can make a decision based on the diagnosis. And I'm like, well, what, what kind of decision? You know, and basically mm -hmm. we were told that whether you want to keep your child or not. And, you know, we, we knew we were having a girl. We, we found out the sex. My son was uh, four years old at the time. We already named Chloe prenatally. We're looking forward to having her in our family when she arrived here postnatally. And so we have medical people telling us if, if your child doesn't, based on testing, failing the test, 
does it meet the culture, misguided cultural mandate for perfection, then you can terminate that child and just move on from it. And uh, that greatly terrified me and horrified me as a police officer. I called a prenatal death sentence with no no trial, no evidence, no, no nothing, just to get rid of the most vulnerable children of our society. So we did not have a prenatal test anymore. Chloe was born, like I said, and got a postnatal diagnosis of Down syndrome that sent us on our, our amazing journey. I, I, I've got a question, Kurt. Yes. Is one of the reasons why uh, they were pushing this risk issue was because of the age of your wife at the time? Yes. So statistically, a, a, a woman of older age has a higher risk, like I said, of having a child with Down syndrome. But children with Down syndrome are born to teen pregnancies, ladies in their 20s, 30s, you know. And, and so the, the numbers are kind of skewed because not a lot of women in their 40s do get pregnant. So, mm-hmm. but it was that. It was it was our it was our age that we were high risk to you know, higher risk. And they use the word risk because you always think about that, that word seems something bad. You know, if it's kind of risky, it seems it's something bad. So the risk of, you know, of having a Down syndrome, why is the medical community so hell-bent, and I'll actually use that word, Absolutely. hell-bent against Down syndrome people, that uh, ch- children, that that somehow means that uh, you got to risk this happening, so you got to stop it from happening. Why is the medical community that bent in that way? Well, I think all you need to do is turn on the TV, turn on your computer, turn on your smartphone, and look, like I said, we have a very misguided cultural mandate for what I call unattainable perfection. And anybody doesn't meet that cultural mandate, I think the medical community, because a lot of, I think a lot of them are very highly educated and have very high worldly goals for their uh, children, do not view a child with a diagnosis of Down syndrome as meeting that cultural mandate. So therefore they, they as, as we go on here, I'll talk, but there are actually countries that feel Iceland's one of them that came out Medical professionals in Iceland with the use of prenatal testing actually said that they had cured Down syndrome. They look at Down syndrome, that showed it as a disease. They had cured Down syndrome. The way they had cured it is they had eliminated all children prenatally with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. They pretty much mandate the tests up there and, and mm-hmm. got rid of them. So they cured Down syndrome by killing all the people. By they abortion. Like, they used abortion basically as their, Absolutely. Uh, their remedy. Absolutely. So to, something that, to something that they define as being bad, but yes. from a kingdom perspective, we're going to find out later in this podcast, maybe it's not bad. Well, it actually isn't bad at all. No. I, I, I often, Tom, as we go along, I'll tell you, and I'll tell your audience, I often wonder what I did right. Be blessed with a child like my daughter, Chloe, because mm-hmm. she's, she's the greatest gift ever, and I... Um, Give me ten more. I don't. And when I find out a woman is pregnant with a child with Down syndrome, the first word I say to her is, "Congratulations, you're so blessed." I, I can actually tell you, Kurt, what you did right spiritually. You know what you did right? <laughs> you have a father's heart. That's what you did right. In the father's heart, in God the Father's heart, He wants to protect, He wants to provide, and He wants to mentor. And He, you have God the Father's heart in your heart, and because you have the Father's heart in your heart. That's what you did right, so he could trust you with a Chloe. I thank you. My my favorite Bible verse is Proverbs thirty one eight. I actually have it tattooed on my arm. It's speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And I I thank you for that. I, I feel like as as a police officer, God was preparing me. My, my sure. mission is all to defend and protect. And 
what a greater mission than to give me a child. It's all it's all over your spirit. It's all over you. Best gift ever. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So So, tell us uh, uh, a little bit about um, after she was born and after things began to roll forward. um, What were the pressures that you felt? Well, first of all, you told me something interesting we were talking about before about, uh, in a scientific sense, how the chromosomes are different with Down syndrome. Speak to our audience a little bit about that. Yeah, so the, so the prenatal testing that my wife Margie and I were offered back in 2003 has greatly advanced. Now, it used to be kind of a, you had to do an amnio, it was more risky, it was a riskier test to take. Now it's basically a simple blood test, and an individual with Down syndrome has a, it's called true, the clinical name is trisomy 21. So they have three 21st chromosomes. The normal number is two, but they have the triplication. As a matter of fact, March 21st is World Down Syndrome Day because it's 321. That's, wow. that's they celebrate. I mean, that's Chloe and I have spoken to the United Nations twice on March 21st at the hmm. city for World Down Syndrome Day. So they have it, like I said, triplication of the 21st chromosome. And you know, a lot of cultures, 21 is a lucky number. I consider myself mm-hmm. very lucky that God gave me this child. And, sure. So she does have a different genetic makeup, which now they can determine through uh, prenatal testing, prenatal genetic testing, and that's why some countries have been able to. How, how does that how does that differ from a woman, uh, a female, I should say, who has double X XX, and a male has XY? So how, how does that? Uh... Um, I'm not sure the exact. You know, somebody told. It's funny when Chloe was born. Somebody actually said to me, and, I, and they were somebody didn't really care for. They, they said, "Oh, I, I hear that that Down syndrome is caused by the father." And I said, "Wow, is that true?" I said, "I sure hope you're right because if, if I'm responsible for this, mm-hmm. that's the greatest thing I've ever done with my life." Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's it's a little both. Did you know just the, the way? There's nothing you know. There's nothing you can do to cause or not cause Down syndrome. It's not like you know something you ingest in your body that it's just sure. it's, like i said it's a gift to me that you know our my wife and i dna when when the egg and sperm met and that's sure. with the coding that was made to bring about this beautiful child that we have. but as a as a female she does have double x for the female characteristics yes right? absolutely yep yeah she's your my my daughter chloe's 18 she's your typical 18 year old young lady mm-hmm. you know she's you know she loves to dance she loves oh loves girl things, you know, nice dresses and things, and she's 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 a she's a young lady. She's yeah. a beautiful young lady. She is. Yeah. I was very attracted to her. You know, um most people when you uh, I'll just share with you, I'm my oldest of eight children and uh my four of my brothers and sisters are deaf. And deaf is also a form of disability. And yes. a lot of people when they meet a deaf person, they don't know how to relate to a deaf person, so they kinda of shy away hearing people share away from meeting deaf people because the tonal voice or you know, the things about they can tell are different. Um, and you can tell by from color that she's different looking. So a lot of people would want to avoid that, you know, maybe because they feel uncomfortable with that. But as soon as you hear her speak, I mean, that, that changes the whole atmosphere. The words coming out of her mouth are very uh, appealing and very attractive. She has a pureness to her. Chloe has a light. I mean, I really mean it. She has a light that draws people to her. I mean, she, you know, Chloe, as we talk more, she's met with the president of the United States, the vice president. She's spoken to the United Nations to global audience. I have a picture of her speaking to the 
ambassador from Russia and Saudi Arabia standing between them and flashing a peace sign. People are drawn to her because I think we live in a world that's so broken mm -hmm. and so just disheveled. And then suddenly here comes a, an individual, a human being, she, who doesn't have knowledge, who doesn't have, well, she's not going to judge you if you live in a trailer or live in a mansion or no matter what you drive or what your bank account is, she'll love you because you're a human being. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that all people are drawn to that because that's what God, that's what God created us to be. Sure. Fortunately, we're, we're at such young ages, we're, we're ruined by the world. And I said to you earlier, you can follow the word or follow the world. It's one letter difference. Male will get you lost because it's all lies. And Chloe is, there's a, you know, in the Bible says to be in the world, not of the world. Chloe's in the world. She's not of the world. She's not impressed by things of the world. She has a very close relationship with Jesus. Her prayers go right to him. I know he hears her when she's praying, when she's talking to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's a gift that all of us should strive to have. And it's something that she's been blessed with, with her genetic makeup that's just part of her, who she is as a person. You know, there's two stories that I know our audience would love to hear. You probably have more than these two. But one of them was about... Um, when you wanted to get some legislation passed, and I think it was in the state of Pennsylvania, and you brought Chloe around with you to talk to the legislators. Tell our audience what you were trying to accomplish and how, by introducing Chloe to the legislators, how it just turned their hearts around. Sure, so after Chloe was born, Tom, I started dialoguing with parents who had children with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And every parent, not just in Pennsylvania, all around the country, you know, even actually around the world, I have friends throughout the world that have kids with Down syndrome. Every single person I connected with who had, who had, did go through with the prenatal testing, everyone relayed to me that after they got the prenatal test in, in confirmation of Down syndrome, they were encouraged or basically told to abort the child. Mm -hmm. And as I said, to me, that's a prenatal death sentence. And it's based right. on faulty evidence. The last thing you want to do is to execute, execute somebody based on faulty evidence. And it it was, it was God speaking to my heart. I remember he just, he wake me up at night. I had to do something about this. So I left my policing career. And that's, that's what I said to you earlier. I had my plan. My plan was to work as a policeman, become a commander, retire, you know, whatever. But I, I couldn't deal with this. I called it, it's a prenatal genocide. Mm -hmm. So I left my career, went back to school, got involved in the disability field. And I started advocating for services for people with disabilities to not just be pro-birth, but pro-life, to, to provide those services throughout life. Mm -hmm. And the idea came to me, honestly, God, it came, a lot of ideas come to me at night. I worked night shift for nine years, so maybe that's God wakes me up at night to talk to me. To just do a law in Pennsylvania that when a woman gets a prenatal diagnosis, she should be given, instead of being told to do, to do the prenatal death sentence, she should be given factual support and information of all the great things, these, of all the abilities of these individuals, of all the programs, Special Olympics, early intervention, mm -hmm. to help them to have a good life. And we came up with, God nine. some other people I talked to was just the, the Down Syndrome Prenatal Education Act, which they dubbed Chloe's Law. So Chloe and I went to our state capitol. We were armed. We were armed with you know, as police officers. I was armed with weapons to protect you. What we were armed with were facts. I took pictures of Chloe in her classes. I had videos of her reading at age three. I went up there and I shared those with legislators, Republican and Democrat. I want to make this very clear. Our our advocacy and our outreach has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with with, with God's kingdom and life. It has to do with life. That's it. Has it. To do with That's life. How we tell people our most precious national treasure is human life. Mm -hmm. So we met with legislators, Republican Democrats from rural urban areas. And I showed them this information and I started planning, just planning the siege for this legislation. 
and uh, we, we got it drawn up. We had Governor Corbett as the governor then. He was an incredible friend and ally for this. And we, we pushed for it. And uh, we started in the fall of 2013. And in July of 2014, this legislation had passed our state Senate 50 to nothing, which in itself is a miracle. Who could stand against it? No, well, one of the legislators told me that when Chloe and I came to the Capitol, we would haunt them. And I, I like to tell them we would haunt them because we showed them you know, not statistics. They said, they saw, I just have legislators say, look in my eyes of my daughter and tell her she doesn't belong here. You tell her. And she, they couldn't. And sure. they, I, it was God's hand. It did. Sure. We're, the, we're the instrument. He's the master craftsman. We just, he was haunting them. He was haunting them and using us as his instrument. And it passed in the house. And it was on the governor, Governor Corbett's desk in July of eight months later. And he signed it. And they dubbed it Chloe's Law, then Chloe signed it after him, and a couple of her friends, Thomas and Alex, also signed it. And it, you know, it, it, that legislation not only did it provide a, you know positive, you know, uplifting factual information, but it also spawned what we, we do now as far as our advocates, because it brought light into the dark. A lot of people did not know about the screening of the genocide. Mm -hmm. They had no idea that they were identifying, targeting, terminating these sure. kids. At Right. Like I said, it's 100% in Iceland. So this legislation, because you got a lot of coverage on the, the media net, brought that out. And it's just, you know, God has used this since then to spread the word, spread the light, help other states get this type of legislation, speak at the United Nations. I mean, I think of all the places that God has led us, where we met you down in Virginia. It's, it's just, you know, it's once again, it's his mission. It's his ministry. And we're just he's using us because we're obedient. Now, this is just a state law in Pennsylvania, correct? Yes, it is. And it's, other states have since gotten this type of legislation and even gone as far. We've tried Pennsylvania for a law. We, we did get the cop passed the House and Senate. They would outlaw aborting a child without center. But our governor, unfortunately, vetoed it. But there are a couple states that have passed that type of legislation. Mm -hmm. They're tied up in court, of course, because of, you know, purveyors of death never sit well when you pass this type of legislation. So... But it is an issue, I, I will say, you know, it's, it's interesting when we work on these types of, of things. I tell, you know, people like to say, oh, we want to be inclusive and we hate, talk, we hate, you know, discrimination, prejudice. I can say, well, identifying, targeting and killing a child based on a prenatal, based on a diagnosis is the ultimate form of prejudice. Sure. It's the ultimate form of discrimination, bias, bigotry, you know, hate crime, everything that they try to champion that they're, that they are, are you know, they're against. That's what you're doing with, with, with kids with Down syndrome. And the question I ask all the time is, well, who's next? What if we get a prenatal test for autism? How about baldness? How about one for depression? How about one for ADHD? Let's get rid of everybody who doesn't meet the cultural mandates. I think well, they tried that in Germany once. It didn't well, work out. <laughs> clearly that they did, uh, which actually dovetails into uh, Margaret Sanger and Planned yes. Parenthood and abortions because Absolutely. Hitler and her were and buddies, I think they got along very well. Yeah, and and uh, you know, in the Down syndrome space, uh, they have a inappropriate, untrue reason. But in uh, the abortion world, they don't even need a reason. No, they don't. They they you know, it's interesting. The first people the Nazis came for were the disabled. They yeah. were the first ones. They they became the institutions. It was They're the, the weakest. Right, they were the weakest, and were the test run. Let's see if we can pull this off, and then that worked. Let's let's go for this one. Let's, let's go for the Jewish people. Let's go for the, the Catholics. Let's go for anybody who doesn't agree with us, and, and that's what they did. 
And, you know, you're right. They were, they were buddies. Hitler would have loved this type of uh, stuff to be able to wipe people out based on a prenatal diagnosis. And it, it is, it's genocide, it's eugenics. And it's, it, it, you know, and, and it's an issue that, that everybody on a global level should be very concerned about and be interested in stopping. Well, let's switch the conversation slightly to uh, the spiritual end of this. Sure. Um, we have, in a spiritual world, we can look at this and say, um, abortion itself is sacrificing children to Baal. Yeah. And um, child sacrifice in the womb, um, for not only Down syndrome, but like I said, for any reason at all. Uh, at that conference, I was shocked when I heard the people who were talking about this whole abortion issue mentioning that the statistics are now showing that worldwide there has been over a billion, with a B, a billion abortions. Yes. So in a, a, in a world that has 7.7 .7 billion people, one billion or more, we, we look at it, we're crying, not crying, we're, we're astounded at 60 million in the United States over the last 40 years or so, uh, plus years. But in China, there's over 200 million. I mean, India and all, all these other places uh, throughout the globe, over a billion. So Satan has really been doing, uh, working overtime, killing babies Yes. Um, through abortion. Now, we won't, this podcast is not going to bring up the satanic ritual abuses and how he's been killing them after they get out, but just killing them before they get out of the womb, right, has been a major um, push for um, his his agenda, because he wants to depopulate the earth, right right from the beginning when the war was engaged in Genesis, as you as we previously had talked about, and you mentioned about uh, you know uh, Adam and Eve right in the garden, and when Eve sinned, there's a couple of things I've been learning recently about that. When God created Adam and Eve, uh, he I should say when God created man. And woman, he called them Adam. Both were called Adam. Then when Eve sinned in the garden, Adam turns around, blames the woman, and identifies her as Eve. That was the first time she got her name. The woman did not get her name from God. Eve got her name from Adam. And there was the immediate separation that went out. Yep. Then you had the seed of the woman. And God says, we talked about the serpent and just moving on. He says, the seed of the woman would, the first messianic prophecy was the seed of the woman who crushed the head of the seed of the serpent. And immediately Satan began to, to plan on corrupting, and we'll get into this spiritually now, corrupting human beings' DNA, the seed of, of mankind, the seed of God's creation, he was trying to corrupt. Now, roll the clock forward many thousands of years, and you find that um, Jesus did not have a human father. It was, it was, it was uh, Mary was a virgin, and she was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and there was no human sperm, if you would call it that. Um, yet, um, uh, so Jesus' father was God, and his mother was Mary. So he was in a sense, half human, right? And half, right. You know, so he didn't have a human father. You know, I'll just take a story aside where I cannot prove this, but it is an amazing story if we could ever prove it was true. There's been research done on Golgotha, 
where they thought the crucifixion was. Right. And they found some blood that they was the strangest blood that they've ever found in history. They tested the blood, and it was very, very old blood, assumed to be 2,000 years old, but it was still alive. And they checked the DNA in the blood. And in the DNA in the blood, it only had one X chromosome. So human beings have XY for males, XX for females, and this blood only did not have XX, did not have XY. It had only one X identified as being the seed of the woman. I can't prove that to be true, but that's that's what I heard a story about, and it would be remarkable. But uh, if that is true, it's true. Nonetheless, getting back to our story about Genesis and what was happening with between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, right, engaging it, we actually see in Genesis 6 the Nephilim coming in and trying to pervert humankind's DNA. Now, in the discussion that has gone on through the ages, what's your take on uh, the chromosomes of Down syndrome people, children? Why I was talking earlier, I have this, I actually wrote an article about this, that there is a, you can't, you cannot corrupt these individuals. I know that's a, that's a tough one for a lot of people to think, but it's, it's something, you know, worth pondering. You know, as my 20 year career as a police officer, I never had a person with Down syndrome committing malice, evil, you know, random shooting, selling drugs, lying, cheating, this or that. You know, I wrote an article, I said that Adam and Eve had Down syndrome until the devil stole the extra chromosome. And I, I think it, it infuriates the devil that he cannot corrupt these individuals. He can hurt them because the world's an evil place, but he cannot corrupt these people to do his bidding down here, which we know is destruction. He is the father of lies. So he has to convince people that they're not worthy to be here and kill them. And his greatest lie, as you said, it is abortion. One billion children. I actually brought that, I called the crime report, the, the the abortion book that shows just in the past hundred years there's been a billion abortions mm -hmm. you know, across the, across the world. So he uses the instrument of abortion to kill these individuals, and you know because he can't corrupt them. And it, that that's and it, God's greatest. You know we're made in the image of God. I mean, I was talking to him the other day, and I said, you know, it's interesting. God could have come to this earth any way he wanted. He could have come on a chariot. He could arrive in a Corvette, whatever. But he chose to come to this earth through the womb. Of a woman. Mm -hmm. I said that's how he chose to be transported and arrive on the scene down here. And the first person to recognize Jesus on this earth was John the Baptist prenatally. He leapt in the womb when Mary approached Elizabeth because he was so excited that Jesus had finally shown up. I said, I just think though that just reinforces the, the, the sanctity of life, miracle of birth, the miracle of conception. And you know, like I said, Jesus entered this world through the womb of mother. So by doing what we do with the with abortion, twenty six hundred plus every day in this nation, we we are just it's an absolute abomination defiling God like never before. And like I said, children like my daughter Chloe, she does have a gift. She has a gift, and that's why they're furious the devil. She doesn't. She brings light. She's light in the darkness. Mm -hmm. She's she's created in it in God's image exactly. You know, she'll tell you when she gives her talk. Jesus made her perfect, and He did make her perfect. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't, she's not impressed by anything that we're impressed with. Probably a lot as Adam and Eve were before the fall. She's not impressed by things of the world. She's impressed by people who are human beings. She, she's fascinated by babies growing into adults. She, she's fascinated by the stars in the sky. 
and the things of the creation of God. And that's that's the older I get, the more I watch that in my daughter, the more I'm just drawn to that as I think other people are, because it's it's drawing us back to how we should have been <clears throat> as opposed to how we are. We're we're the disabled ones, Tom. Chloe, Chloe's very able. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I want to see somebody who's disabled and messed up and has got a lot of problems. I just go look in the mirror. I mean, that's my daughter has many abilities. Mm-hmm. She has a diagnosed, she has a worldly disability. Her, remember, her disability is diagnosed by the world. It's not diagnosed by God. Sure. She has a worldly disability. But, and my my take is that we're, we have a disability. She doesn't have it. So when I stand in front of my creator on Judgment Day, I'm going to wish I had Down syndrome mm-hmm. and wish that I was made. Way my daughter is. Well, you you shared with me, and I want you to share with us with the audience in a moment because I want to set the table for you a little bit. But um, you had mentioned about uh, Chloe's spiritual gifting. Yes, she's remarkably spiritually gifted, and you have a story to relate to our audience about that. But before you relate that story about how she's spiritually gifted, I I remembered the story that somebody had told me, or maybe reading, and then somebody explained this to me. Uh, you remember in the garden when Adam sinned and God the Father said, Adam, Adam, where are you? It right. always made me wonder, he's God. He's got to know where Adam is. I mean, yeah. you can't tell me you can't see him. He, know, he knows where he is. So why is he asking the question, where are you? And somebody explained that to me and said, it's because before he sinned, God and Adam were connected yes. in their thoughts. Their thoughts were connected. And then as soon as Adam sinned, God realized that Adam was no longer connected him through thoughts. So Adam thought God thoughts and God thought Adam's thoughts. And he had that spiritual connection going back and forth between Adam and God in the garden. Where he sinned, that spiritual connection was broken. But the reason I bring this up, because I set the table for this, is that, that Chloe, as you described it to me, has a spiritual connection with God. Very similar to what Adam and Eve had before the sin. And yes. she explained to our audience a, a story you told me about your friend uh, and how, how Chloe had an experience like that young boy did sure. out in Texas uh, when he went to heaven. Yeah, she's had many different things, even, even looking up in the skies and saying that she sees God up there and sees angels. But, you know, when I was a city police officer, I worked out of a certain precinct, and in that precinct, there was a, a horrible event where three off, two officers went on a, a basic call, it was a domestic call, and they were ambushed and both were killed. And I knew both of them, knew, knew one very well. And then another officer who lived in the neighborhood heard the gunfire. He went over to try to help. He got out of his car, an officer I knew very well, and he was shot and killed. So the three officers killed in a horrible, horrific uh, ambush. And the one officer, his name's Paul, Officer Paul, he's buried up in the cemetery that actually is, is right next to Children's Hospital. Chloe had had a lot of appointments up there for different things. <clears throat> and his tombstone actually, his face is on it, and it overlooks the hospitals on this little hillside. So when we would go up there, um, the first time I took Chloe, it was a pretty serious appointment for an issue with her, her back and her skull and that. And I, I stopped to just pay my respects to Paul because we were running a little early. And Chloe, Chloe never met Paul, so she never did know the background of this. But, well, she got out of the car, went up to his tombstone, and, and just started talking to him touching his face and saying things to him. And I said, honey, who are you talking to? And she goes, I'm talking to Paul. Like it was like and and she was, you know, just having a conversation. And Paul's parents don't live far from the hospital. So we got done with the appointment. I drove down to see them. I was like just stay in touch with them. And she started just like saying things how she she said she saw Paul up in heaven and 
you know, she would talk about what he was eating up there, and, you know, just, just things about it, very pure. And, you know, so this, every time we went to an appointment, I would stop at this cemetery, and Chloe, Chloe would actually, as we were going to appointment, she'd say, Dad, I want to see Paul, I want to see Paul. So we would go down there and, and see him, she would sit and talk to him, she would, you know, just kiss him on the face before we left, and so the one time we're up there, she's having conversations, and said, Dad, I have to go talk to Max and Susie. I said, okay, sweetheart. So after the point, we went down there, and we're in their house, and she goes, I have to tell you something, Max and Susie, and, and they're like, what, what is it, honey? And he goes, you know, I saw Paul today, and up in heaven, and he was holding a baby, and the parents got, like, real emotional, and like, you know, like, and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I thought maybe she'd upset him, and they go, no, no, what do you mean, Chloe? The parents asked her, and Chloe went on, she goes, I see Paul up in heaven. He's holding a baby boy. His name is David, and it's his brother up in heaven. And the parents just both started crying right then. I thought, oh, no, I really upset them and this and that. Well, I, I said, well, listen, we'll, we'll leave. I'm very sorry. And, and Paul's mother, Susan, said, no, 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 Kurt, you're not going to believe this. I have to tell you something. I said, well, what is it? She goes, well, 43 years earlier, I had miscarried a baby boy. Nobody knew about it except for me, me and my husband, Max, and um, David was one of the names they were considering in that. And when Paul was shot and killed in an ambush, they said between each other, Paul was up in heaven with his brother, and here's Chloe coming into their house after being up there visiting with Paul, telling them that she sees Paul up in heaven holding his brother, you know, a baby boy, and uh, so it's just there's no way you could, you know. You couldn't make that, make that up. up. You couldn't make that up. You couldn't imagine no. that. In no the wildest imagination. No way, could have made up, and there's no way, could have been, you know, the, the chances are 10 billion to one is she would come up with that type of story. Mm -hmm. And the awesome thing about it is she just, Chloe just, not only did she reaffirm that babies that die in the womb go to heaven, they're mm -hmm. up in heaven, you know, they are, they're human beings, and just she brought this peace and comfort to this family with the most horrific tragedy that anybody can even possibly imagine. She just brought them that comfort in knowing that their son is up in heaven with their brother, and one day will be. You know, reunited up there, and uh, just it's just an amazing story. It's just uh, things like that. So the blessing of her gifting, as we talked about this before, is that um, she can see on the other side of the veil. Yes. You see, the I, I, yes. what we call normal people can't see on the other side no. of the veil. But no, Down syndrome had... person like, uh, and maybe this is not true of all Down syndrome, but certainly Chloe in Chloe's case, she can see on the other side of the veil. And the difference between this world and uh, the next world is um, pretty transparent to her. Yeah, I often compare it. I tell people it's like she's a she's she has a cell phone that always has five bars when it's, when she's communicating with God. Where we as broken people, disabled people, you know, we're like we get a half bar half the time in our prayer life. We're so busy, we're running around. I said we're chasing the American dream, the endless pursuit, American scream, the endless pursuit of nothing. Whereas she's not. That doesn't, that kind of stuff doesn't, she's not interested in it. She's not moved by it. She's not motivated by it. She's motivated by her, her faith and, and by God's creation and by goodness. She mm -hmm. is. That's that's what she's here for. She's a, I, I've said she's a light in the darkness. And I, Hebrews 13, 2 of the verse here says, entertain strangers for some have unknowingly entertain angels. And, you know, she, she has like an angelic presence about her because she's, she, she is different. She's she not, is, she's, she's connected. Not, Absolutely. Totally She's connected. Right. And, you know, when we should have been. The way we're we, the ones that should have. We pulled right. the plot. She didn't pull the plot. Well, the way we originally connected with Adam and Eve, that Adam and Eve lost in the garden. Yes. And that's what Jesus came back to restore to us. 
right? Yep. You know, and the, and the third temptation in the desert when um, uh, Satan was tempting Jesus, third temptation he brought up, when he says, if you are the son, all three temptations start with, if you're the son of God. After he just had gotten uh, baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist, and the heavens opened up and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Right after that happens, he gets yep. moved into the desert and he gets tempted by Satan who asks him three, three different temptations. If you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, you know, if you're the son of God, change these stones into bread. Well, the third one, when he said, um, I'll show you all the kingdoms of the world and you can have all these things, right? Sure. He'd gone through offering him the mineral kingdom, which was the stones, the bread, and the plant kingdom and the, and the animal kingdom. But he got to the big kingdom, all the kingdoms of the world, mineral, plant, animal, and human. I'll, I'll, I'll give you all these if you'll bow down and worship me. Now, we know Jesus' response was worship the Lord God him only. But the next thing he says, and it's only brought up in certain revelations, he says, get behind me, Satan. Right. And when he said, get behind me, Satan, he was telling Satan, I'm restoring mankind to being above you again, like Adam was above you again, and he lost that position. You see, one of the reasons I see in Down syndrome children that particularly Satan hates is they're more human because they're more connected to God than normal people. And uh, human beings were created by God to be above the angels. The scripture tells us we judge the angels. That means we're going to judge Satan. So he is really, really jealous and really, really super jealous. And he's really, really aggravated by people who have a connection with God and are not operating just in their soul, right. their mind, will, and emotions. They get beyond their soul. Now, Chloe operates beyond her soul. She operates at a spiritual level beyond the mind, will, and emotions and things that you can see. That drives Satan nuts. Because when, when Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, I'm restoring. Oh, here was the interesting thing, too, that was brought out in the scripture, which I never understood. And all of a sudden, it made sense. When Jesus went to be baptized, John didn't want to baptize him. Because his baptism was for the forgiveness of sins. So John, the Baptist, said, why am I baptizing you? You're, you don't have any sin. Why am I baptizing you? And Jesus says, no, no. She says, it's okay. Let it be so for now. So that, for the reason, different reason now, so that righteousness might be fulfilled. I never understood that. Then I understood. And God taught me. He said, righteousness means being in the right position, right related, right hearted, in the right place. So that righteousness might be fulfilled would be get behind me, Satan, so that the son of man, his humanness will be above you. Got it? Higher, higher authority above you. And that, again, drove him nuts because Satan realized that Jesus knew this. And that's what he was going to do. And that's what he did on the cross. Absolutely. He restored us back to the, he was the new Adam. He restored us back to where we were. Restore and that connection that we, we destroyed. He restored and that connection. You talk about the Baptist, when John the Baptist, it's fascinating that John the Baptist was the first one to recognize Jesus prenatally. Yes. And he was the first one to call him out postnatally. That's right. So, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. It's just, you know, when you look at these, these 
you know correlations. It's, it's, it's yeah. awesome. But that but that's so amazing that uh, uh, as I said, we you know in the world's point of view, and, and you, you said before, Satan tries to get rid of them in the na uh, prenatally Down syndrome children, but uh, their gifting is such that uh, they have a special gift to see into the kingdom. Yes. And they can see spiritually into the kingdom. And they're connected to God in a way that uh, many children are not. And, and perhaps some children may start out that way, but kind of lose it, you know, because of the training we give children. That's where the scriptures you said to me earlier, too, uh, in a previous conversation, uh, that uh, God tells us we must be like children again to enter the kingdom of God. That's right. Well, Chloe's never lost her childlikeness. She's no. never she's never lost that connection, whereas some children may have had it when they were younger. But as we we actually trained it out of them, we we and got you them. Hear stories of children having these experiences where they crossed over or they've seen angels and they've had this. But the world, unfortunately, is the wicked society we live in is trying to corrupt our children younger and younger and younger, steal their youth from them because that's what the devil needs to do. He needs to destroy that youth, destroy that child, destroy that fascination with the creation app because like i said he wants you to chase after his things the things of the world which we all know as i said will, will get you lost because they're all lies and that's that's what satan does and he's very good at his craft he's extremely good and that thing infuriates him more than a group of people that he cannot get to and corrupt out there because right. he's a master at doing that he's the father of lies god's word calls him out for what he is he's the father of lies that's right you know, he's, we see that every day as we turn on the TV with, with what he's doing. You know, society. a friend of mine once said to me, uh, Satan is such a liar. Mm -hmm. He's the father of lies, such a lies. Even if he told the truth, it would be a lie. Right. No, it's true. He, <laughs> he, that's, that's who he is. Yeah. He, he, is he is. He is a lie. Yeah. And, you know, but unfortunately, we know, Tommy, you know, God's word says it. I mean, the path to destruction is wide and many choose it. The gate to salvation is narrow if you find it. The greatest tragedy in the world every day is the amount of people who are willingly choosing, you know, the the highway. Oh, my daughter's barking. So choosing the highway to hell as their as their as their as their course. You know, lives lost are horrific, but souls lost are eternal. And there's so many people that have chosen that chosen that path. Do is Chloe there with you by a chance? Our dog was working. That's another part of the, the dog's love photo. Chloe, say hi. <laughs> hello, Tom. Hi, hello, Chloe. How are you? Good. Your dad is sharing some very good stories with us. Tell Tom what Jesus made you, honey. Perfect. Perfect. They're perfect. So, yeah. So she's her dog gets excited when when she stands up. She kind of it's funny. She does kind of control the animals in the house too. So. <laughs> yeah, like I said, when somebody told me that I was my DNA is responsible for Chloe, I said, like I said, it's about time I did something right. I take full responsibility. Yeah. So, well, like I told you, God gave you a special gift to have a father's heart, and that's uh, one thing I saw in you when we wanted you to get. I wanted you to be on this podcast, and I wanted you to share what you already shared with our audience because it's such a blessing to them to hear the words that you're speaking. So. Uh, Tell the audience, Chloe, how much you love uh, your dad. How much you love dad more than what? 
more than the stars in the sky. We, we tell each other that all the time. We're, uh, we show the creation. And Chloe has a book that she gives out to people. I'm about to, I don't know if I gave you a copy down in Virginia, but if any no. of your listeners want to get in contact with her, pull it up, Chloe. It's actually called Brilliant Souls. Yes. That an author wrote, and they included the story in there about her connections with a police officer friend and his story about seeing his brother up in heaven with him. So oh, Chloe's cool. it. Pres- President Trump has a copy of this, Vice President Pence. You know, Chloe, I, I want to share this with your listeners real quick. Chloe was invited to the White House when President Trump addressed the March for Life the first time in 2018 live. It's the first time a president ever did. Yes. And she stood right behind him. And, and during that, when he was talking, addressing the March for Life, she actually pointed up in the sky during the talk and said, Dad, Dad, I see him. I see him. Who did you see up in the sky that night? She saw Jesus. She pointed in the sky during the March for Life thing and said she saw Jesus up above the White House. And I'm sure he was there because that's the first time that ever happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she was interesting that she made the reference to the stars in the sky because um, uh, God's covenant promise, uh, promise to Abraham was said your descendants will be as the stars in the sky yes. and as the yes. sand in the sea. And, yep. uh, sand, and I uh, thought about that and the stars in the sky are, are a picture of something that's spiritual and celestial. Yes. And the stars, the sand of the sea is a picture of something that's earthy and natural yep. and it's, it's yep. both ways and he's the he's the father of many nations abraham yep. Yep. well i think we need to bring this to a close is there anything that you would like to share with our audience at the at the end well one thing i would like you to share before i share about how to connect with different things um i uh uh I, by the way i'm bringing out new hats to to promote Make God father again and make men fathers awesome. again. And I thought of a new one that got, I'm trying to decide whether it's going to be Abba's progeny or just progeny. Progeny means offspring. Yep. As Abba's being is the Hebrew word for daddy. Daddy's right. progeny or dad or just progeny is the offspring of God. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a lot. I'm producing and introducing those things. Uh, and I have a. Um, a uh, second book coming out called the um, Luke the Light Bearer defeats the spirit of confusion, and that's about transgender. It never mentions transgender, but it's about a boy who's confused about whether he's a boy or a girl, and God helps him through that process. Um, but if somebody wanted to learn more about uh, what you're representing for Chloe in our audience, how how could they uh, look up your website or get in touch with you? So my motto is embrace, don't erase. And we're, we're working on a website. It's embrace, don't erase.org that we're working on. But you can follow me on social media. It's Kurt Condrich, K-O-N-D-R-I-C-H. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. And I use it, I use those platforms strictly to spread the, the word of God. And it's interesting. I love how you're promoting the, the father. You know, I people ask me, what's my title? And I call myself a dad advocate. That's my <laughs> advocates for you know our most precious national treasure which is human life but um yeah if anybody would like to reach out to us we chloe and i we speak at churches and we've spoken all over the country all over the world we'd love to connect with you know any venues that you connect us to I, mean, I, I share my cell phone number i don't it's 412-951-9117 somebody would like to have us and, and hear our story and have a share with your organization that yeah, we, we would love to um, and I think it's a message that the world desperately needs now more than ever. Amen. That's true. That's why uh, 
I was in the retired two years ago from the financial services industry, and the Lord told me it was going to take me into media. I said, okay, well, what's the first thing you want me to do? And I said, I, I want to write children's books. So I started with Papa Tom's Tales, uh, a grandfather's bedtime stories. And each book deals with a fear that a child likely to have and how the love of God helps them overcome fear. The first book is about identity. The second one was this, this gender confusion thing. But there's, every, there's all sorts of fear. Every book is a fear and how the perfect, the scripture says, perfect love casts out fear. Yes. All fear. Now, where does perfect love come from? Only from God the Father. And so it's God the Father's love that casts out fear. And, and so how do we connect with that? How do we connect with God the Father so we don't have any worry, anxiety, and fear in our life? The world, one reason why I think the podcast has taken off is our world is chock full of fear. Yes, There's is. just so much fear going around all over the place, and we're not connected with God the Father like Adam was and Eve was in the garden as Jesus restored us to be that, who is available to us, we work it. And, and that's where Chloe's gift is. She's connected. So I think that this is a, a great blessing, a great blessing to have you on. And um, we might even do this again sometime, if you're willing. We would love to. We would, yeah, and I, I, all the points you're hitting on resonate in my heart. I, I tell parents all the time, your number one duty as a parent is to connect your children to God. That's to, it. To that the eternal hope and peace that only he can offer. I said, parents are so interested in the world. I said, if you want to invest in a 401k, do it for our one king. Where you <laughs> put your investment in, and the return is eternal. It's, it's you storing up treasure where it will never rock. Okay, great. Take care. We'll see you. Thank ya. you. God bless you. God bless God you bless and your you. family. Thank you. Bye-bye.